getting Antonio, Tyrell Williams, Trent Brown. Hopefully that can help Derek return to blue chip status. And if that does happen, we'll be we'll be be on our way. It's time for the Vegas Nation podcast with your hosts Heidi Fang and Michael Gelkin. Hey everyone and welcome to the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host Heidi Fang joined along with our Raiders beat writer Michael Gelkin who covers all things silver and black here for the Review Journal. You can always find him online at Gelkin NFL on Twitter or find his articles on ReviewJournal.com. Michael, since we last talked, the Raiders have made several interesting moves. A couple notable names were added just last Thursday. Particularly interested here in linebacker Brandon Marshall. We finally have a Vegas-born player on this team, a guy who went to Cimarron Memorial, played at UNR, and spent the last five seasons with the Broncos before getting signed to Oakland Raiders team. What can you tell us, Michael, about Brandon Marshall and this signing? Well, he's somebody who gives the Raiders another linebacker potentially to start this coming season. He's somebody who obviously has some division experience, having been with the Denver Broncos for the past handful of years. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Raiders were very clear that they wanted to fill as many holes as they could before the draft so that when the draft arrives, they have some versatility to hit different positions as they feel fit in terms of just getting the best guys who are available. So by adding some linebackers and Brandon Marshall, not the first linebacker the Raiders have added, Bont is perfect, of course, among them. By doing these sorts of moves, the Raiders might feel less of an urge or even requirement to address the position aggressively in the draft. They certainly could still select a linebacker, but they'll feel better about where they are at the position going into it. Now Marshall's been playing inside linebacker on a base 3-4 defense with the Broncos. How quickly do you think he will adapt to the base 4-3 that Paul Gunther runs? I mean, do, how do you imagine that he fits there in the Raiders linebacker core? I'm sure he's played it before in his past, and the Raiders are, are fairly multiple out of their defense. And so whether you're a 3-4 or 4-3 linebacker in the modern-day NFL, you're probably spending a lot of time in the nickel or dime defense, depending on your athleticism and your ability to stack up in pass coverage. And so uh, Marshall, uh, he should, being a veteran in this league, uh, there might be some period where his eyes might have to get used to being in a four-man front, but I wouldn't anticipate that to be any sort of issue for him at all. All right. Well, Marshall was a major in criminal justice. We have the addition of running back Isaiah Crowell, who's had a bit of a checkered past, Michael. Uh, I remember back when he was with the Jets, he was fined, uh, I think, over $13,000 for a very crude touchdown celebration. Then he had the distasteful Instagram post, which he deleted. Also, you know, dismissed from George after some infractions he had there. Uh, where do you see Isaiah Crowell's, uh, I guess, fitting in here? And, and will he be a problem for the Raiders or not? Well, first of all, I want to highlight what a transition that was. I mentioned Brandon Marshall is a criminal justice major. But then going to Isaiah Crowell's questions about him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, but, but you know he's you know he's a back who's been productive over the course of his career. I think it is another example of the Raiders just trying to add someone at the position before they go into the draft. They really hadn't had any sort of uh, acquisition at the running back position since they lost Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin to fragrancy. And I say lost while acknowledging the fact that if Raiders wanted either player back, they would come back. I believe that Marshawn Lynch wants to be a Raider in 2019, that he's the only, the Raiders are the only team for which he'd want to play. 
and ultimately it'll come down to the Raiders. Do they want Marshawn Lynch for a third season? He is someone who's proven these past two years when he's healthy, he can produce still. But the question is, of course, can he stay healthy? And are the Raiders comfortable with moving with him in the in the future? And so I would expect somebody to be the number one running back for the Raiders who's not on the roster today. I think they find their number one running back in the draft. If the draft comes and goes and they don't get that number one, it's possible that we could see them circle around to Marshawn Lynch or to someone else. But I really do believe that the Raiders are going to address that position in the draft. Well, let's jump to that. There's a guy named Josh Jacobs out there running back out of Alabama. I've seen a lot of these mock drafts projecting that he may be a guy that goes to the Raiders in that 24 or the 27 pick that they have in the first round. How much do you feel like this is somebody that is a viable candidate to go to the Raiders? I think in some respects, he certainly fits what they want. You look at what the Raiders want to, to do, they're, they're back to do in the passing game, uh, pass protection, running routes. Uh, you know, he's a pretty dynamic back there at Alabama. You really like his usage there and that you know, Nick Saban didn't run him to the ground. You know, he, he his workload was never of that sort of of a load where um, you have concerns about how much a guy has left. You know, there's a lot of wear on those tires, and so uh, be it late first or, you know, first round or early second round. I think that is a fair window to expect the Raiders to take a serious look at the running back position. But there are a lot of needs on this roster. We could talk all day about what they need to do defensively, but even on offense with John Gruden largely calling the shots, he's shown that he's pretty aggressive when it comes to upgrading his offensive personnel. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a tight end, if one that the Raiders love is still available late in the first round, maybe we see a tight end there or a running back as well. And then even sometime in the draft, despite all the moves that the Raiders have made, adding veteran wide receivers, we could also see a slot wide receiver uh, added to this group. So, uh, we'll see how the Raiders go about addressing all these needs, but offense uh, to, to circle it around and tie it up is, is 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 an area that the Raiders are focused on this month. You mentioned offense and the tight end position. Somebody who's been out there, and we've talked about him here on the Vegas Nation podcast, you have Noah Font out of Iowa. I think he's somebody that's been very dynamic, and his stock value seems to keep rising. If the draft happened right Right now, Michael, where do you see him going? Do you think that he could land with the Raiders? What would they have to do to get him? Well, it's interesting. How soon do the tight ends go off the board? Because it's not just no offense, like you mentioned. He's got a teammate in Iowa, TJ Hawkinson, who is a first-round prospect as well. And so either of them, you can make the case, should be off the board before the Raiders are on the clock at number 24 overall. And so uh, if both are off the board, might we see the Raiders not go tight in there and wait a little bit later? Maybe there's someone they like in the second, third, or not third, I suppose, but they don't have a pick there. Uh, But fourth round, you know, it's later in the draft, in the middle rounds, uh, that could be when it comes. But ideally, the Raiders would love to find a value, someone who could be their number one tight end. And I think if either of those Iowa tight ends are available at number 24 overall, that you you would stand to think that there would be some serious consideration in the Raiders draft room to add a a top tight end. And I I should add one more thing. A starting guard is something that we need to keep an eye on. I'd be surprised if the Raiders aren't drafting 
a starting guard who who will be opposite Gabe Jackson this season. Uh, there, a lot of indications can come from free agency in terms of what a team's plan is, and I think we know the Raiders' plan is to draft a starting guard. So don't be at all surprised if we see that this month. The positions, again, that you addressed, you mentioned the defense and the gaping holes that still exist there on the roster. The Raiders last year allowed a league high of 8.2 yards per pass attempt. Uh, right now, they re-signed Daryl Worley, so there's somebody that was in the system last year. Uh, where do you see the strength of the secondary right now amongst the players that they have? They have some, obviously, guys like Carl Joseph out there. There's Gary O'Connolly. Um, where do they build next around the these players that are in place well you mentioned the nfl high in yards per attempt allowed when you are getting as little pressure on the quarterback as the raiders are getting you'd expect that high number it's very you're asking a lot out of your secondary i don't care if it's full of pro bowlers and all pros you're asking a lot of any secondary to lock down in coverage as long as the raiders needed to lock down last year because opposing quarterbacks just had so much time to sit in the pocket and wait and wait and wait until a guy gets open and then pick apart any manner zone design that Paul Gunther was scheming up. It didn't matter what he was scheming up. He could, there's no, there was nobody to get after the quarterback. And so uh, the strengths of the Raiders secondary, I think you look at Gary Conley, if he can take the next step, uh, this is somebody who's got real potential at the cornerback position. Carl Joseph finished the year really strong. These are two of Ridge McKenzie's final first round picks. And they both showed potential last year, uh, namely after McKenzie was fired. Uh, but both of those guys, uh, will be a big part of things moving forward. Eric Harris is a more of a rotational guy, someone they added who can be a you know uh, certainly asset in sl- number of sub packages. Lamarcus Joiner is you know probably should have been my first answer, uh, right. first name I, I rattled <laughs> yeah. off in Same. terms of the, the, the strength uh, because of what he means as a nickel shutdown type of a guy that the Raiders certainly hope he can be. He played free safety. He played nickel corner in inverse order uh, with the Rams in Los in St. Louis and then Los Angeles. And so he's got that scheme versatility that the Raiders really like, uh, something that Marcus Gilchrist had, but he's much younger, much more instinctive, and, and the Raiders feel like they really upgraded there. Here's an interesting take, and I've been reading a lot of these mock drafts looking into it, maybe too much, but there's this speculation out there that the Raiders are going to trade up, and one of the reports that I read on NFL.com seems to speculate that the Raiders are going to trade up for a quarterback like Drew Locke. Why is there this ongoing speculation that the Raiders are going to take a quarterback and why so early? I mean, if they trade up, let's say to the two and trade with the 49ers, wouldn't the idea be that they go after a guy like Nick Bosa? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Raiders are drafting a quarterback in the first round. And Drew Locke is someone that they were impressed by, having coached him at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama in January. But uh, again, Derek Carr is his franchise quarterback. You look at every move that the Raiders have made this offseason, you know, signing, you know, trading and, and signing uh, Antonio Brown and signing Tyrell Williams and signing Trent Brown. And all these contracts you know, secure you know, these top dollar guys for the next two years or so. 
uh, you don't do those moves traditionally if you're then going to switch to a rookie quarterback. And I haven't heard any conversations that indicate the Raiders are looking to move on from Derek Carr this season. I expect Derek Carr will be the franchise quarterback in 2019. I look forward to when the draft is over so we can stop talking about the possibility that the Raiders can select a quarterback. Uh, you know, yes, they are working out. Uh, Kyler Murray and Dwayne Hayes has, you know, all these different top quarterbacks in, in the draft. You know, they're meeting with these guys and they're doing homework and, and all that. But again, there has been no true indication yet uh, that the Raiders are looking to move on from Derek Carr. Right now, it's just speculation. I haven't seen anything substantiated that would indicate that this is real. And everything that I've heard that is it's not real. It's just talk. So, yes, the Raiders are doing research on quarterbacks. But as of right now, and things can change, I understand that. But as of right now, I'd be shocked if the Raiders select a quarterback in the first round. I always have to somewhat protect myself and not speak in total certainty when it comes to these sorts of things, especially when it comes to John Gruden and quarterbacks. You know, if he falls in love with the guy, he has a reputation of being willing to move mountains in order to make it happen. So his track record and personality is such that people can't discount him from doing just about anything when it comes to the drafts and the quarterback position. So we'll wait and see ultimately, but as much as we can tell that aside, it does not appear that the Raiders are going to draft a quarterback in the first round, the second round, and so forth. Maybe day three, it, it could happen. But you look at the roster today; they have four quarterbacks that they've signed, and you know they have signed under contract. And the expectation is that that will be the case come May. It'll be these same four quarterbacks because the Raiders aren't going to be drafting one early. You know, maybe if they again draft one on day three, uh, one of those four could be released. Uh, what do you make of those quarterbacks added? Because we have one who is a former teammate of Antonio Brown, Landry Jones. Then you also have Mike Glennon added. So what what do you make of those two signings and the competition that you can expect to ensue during training camp once that gets underway? Yeah, Mike Lennon is someone who you know, has a lot of backup experience, just like Landry Jones has backup experience. Uh, you know, Nathan Peterman, he's been a backup at the end of last season for the Raiders, and he started week one for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, these are guys with some NFL experience who've been around the league some, uh, and they will compete for the number two and, and maybe number three job. I say maybe because it's possible the Raiders only keep one quarterback behind Derek Carr in 2019. AJ McCarron, he opened the season as the one and only backup to Carr, and, and that was the case for the brunt of the year. Uh, we'll see again what approach the Raiders take, and I think it'll be dictated by what these quarterbacks show. I mean, do does one of them really separate himself from, from the rest and render the other two obsolete? Are there two guys who just seem to have demonstrated all this potential and John Gruden wants both of them to be behind Derek? Or does he not like any of them? And he trades for a guy the way he did for A.J. McCarron on September 1st. So we'll see how it all goes. But the whole point was to having all four under contract right now, all three backups under contract right now, is that on April 15th, when the Raiders start their voluntary spring workout program and they're installing the offense and you know OTAs are about to begin and all of the things of a competition taking hold, all three of those potential backups will be in the building, able to learn together and all starting on equal footing to push for a backup job behind Carr. All right. I think we've covered a lot of what could happen here with some of the possibilities at quarterback. Hopefully we've exhausted that speculation, right, Michael? <laughs> I'm <gonna> exhausted. 
think we're good. Good, good. Well, okay, so let's look here. You know, we talked a little bit about the secondary. If you're looking at that position, cornerback, defensive back, at the 24, the 27 pick that the Raiders have in the first round, between a guy like DeAndre Baker or a guy like Byron Murphy, which of those two do you think would be a better fit for the Raiders? Well, I'd be lying if I said I watched all the film on, on both of those guys that you've mentioned. Uh, I think it's part of the problem when you have three first-round draft picks. You can only focus on so many of the possibilities. I ultimately, though, don't know if I see the Raiders taking a cornerback in the first round. I know it's been projected to them, and shoot, maybe it does happen. But you look at what the Raiders have done in free agency. They signed LaMarcus Joyner. They signed Nevin Lawson, former, former starter for the Detroit Lions. They brought back Worley on a pretty aggressive second-year tenure. They have Garon Conley. It doesn't look like the type of moves from a team that is also looking to invest a premium draft pick at that position. And so part of the reason I haven't really spent too much time breaking down those two aforementioned cornerbacks is that I don't really see that as being a real option for the Raiders at that spot. Again, I could be surprised and maybe the Raiders are enamored with somebody at corner that they do take, but uh, with the needs elsewhere, which includes safety, uh, I would be a bit surprised if we see either cornerback be a Raider uh, this draft. You know, initially, before they made the moves that they did at wide receiver, I thought for sure they'd be going after a guy like DK Metcalf. But we see now that all the moves that they've made with Tyrell Williams, with Antonio Brown, and then just last week they added Ryan Grant also. Um, they also released Seth Roberts. So it looks like at the wide receiver position, they're going to have a, a full house already ahead of the draft. Uh, what do you see shaping up with the w- wide receiver core, especially with the addition of Ryan Grant and the release of Seth Roberts. Well, Grant is someone the Raiders had their eye on last year. If you remember, he initially agreed to terms on a pretty handsome contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Many people were on the league thought they overpaid. And then when it came time for him to officially sign, he took his physical and they failed him. So that beautiful contract was no more and all of a sudden he was a free agent the Raiders had interest before he agreed to terms with the Baltimore Ravens they had interest after he Grant Grant actually did visit the Raiders as part of that interest but ultimately he chose to sign with the Indianapolis Colts fast forward to one year later and Ryan Grant now is a Raider the team that wanted him all along after a pretty so-so season in Indy, he's going to have a chance to show what he can do for Oakland. He spent the start of his career with the Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins, worth noting, they're head coach by Jay Gruden, John Gruden's younger brother, and those two swap notes all the time about certain guys who've been in their building. You know, we, he's not right for us right now, but I really like this kid, John. I think you'll like. You know, that sort of a dialogue happens, and so you better believe that. The Raiders, who had interest in Ryan Grant last year under a different general manager, have interested had interest in him again this year. Uh, you know, the constant is is John Gruden and his connection with Jay Gruden, and there's liking Ryan Grant on film. So we'll see how that all goes. But uh, as you mentioned, the veterans that the Raiders have added, uh, indications are the Raiders probably aren't going to go wide receiver too early. But again, with the release of Seth Roberts, that saved a lot of money more than $4.25 million um, in, in, in salary cap savings. You look at 
the slot position and think that could be an area that the Raiders could address. Michael, I have to admit I'm a bit of an addict when it comes to fantasy football. I'm sure you know, as we've had several conversations about this. And last year, I projected Ryan Grant to be my deep, deep sleeper. That didn't happen. I thought maybe with Andrew Luck it would be the time. We'll see if he's poised to do a bit more work here in Oakland, though I don't expect him to be that every down guy. But I do expect... I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him on your sleeper list this year. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> He's a fine player, but uh, yeah, the production's probably not going to be there for you. All right. So as we look here to the draft coming again, April 25th through the 27th, Michael and I will have you covered with all things draft-related in Oakland. And Ed Graney, our Review Journal sports com- columnist, will have everything covered out in Nashville. It was announced by the NFL that a couple of Raiders alumni will be out to announce some picks. Michael, who will be out there and uh, you know what picks will they be saying? Well, first of all, it's a shame that we're not going to have the Willie Brown treatment. The Raiders great has done it for several years where he uh, he will announce the picks on day two and always give a shout out to all the mothers out there on Mother's Day. And so that baton is being passed. Charles Woodson and perhaps Shane Leckler. Woodson's been assigned the second round pick for the Raiders and currently the Raiders are slated to choose a player with the number 35 overall pick in the draft so early second round leckler has been assigned third round choice a choice that the raiders forfeited uh, when they sent that to the pittsburgh steelers as part of the package to acquire antonio brown it was a 2019 third and fifth round pick so with leckler possibly not picking or when i have a pick to announce uh, we'll see what exactly he does in nashville uh, but he will be there representing the Raiders nonetheless, and you never know. Could, wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders stray back from number four overall if they're underwhelmed by the options there, or perhaps the team wants to move up for a quarterback. You know, whatever sort of scenario arises, uh, the Raiders could add some picks into their portfolio. Uh, maybe that's a third-round pick, and maybe Leckler has an assignment, but maybe not. Well, again, for all the draft action, Michael and I will have you covered in Oakland. Ed Graney will be out in Nashville. We'll come back with another NFL draft preview show here on Vegas Nation. And make sure to subscribe to all of our podcast episodes. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, ReviewJournal.com slash podcasts. And again, give both of us a follow on Twitter at GelkinNFL. And I am at Heidi Fang. Thank you for listening. <laughs>